0: It is almost time for the weekend, but first, another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison.
1: Hello, Adam. This is Andrew, and I'm very grateful to be with you again for another Friday. I'm very excited to share with you another of our movie reviews, and this is a very interesting movie review. It's probably going to be a little different than any movie review we've done so far, and you'll understand... As we get into our discussion exactly why. And this is for the movie Ragamuffin. Now this movie is the life story of Rich Mullins. Who was a contemporary Christian music singer in the 80's and 90's. Um, And he was um, sadly taken from us in 1997 as a result of an auto accident um, at the age of 41. So he had a short life. um, But he made an impact on a lot of people. um, Despite having to deal with some pretty harsh things in his childhood and adult growing up years. And we will address a little bit of that uh, as we go forward. Um, please note that because of some of this, uh, the subject matter, um, this episode might warrant a uh, warning for younger viewer, younger listeners, and you may use discretion with um, your family. You're probably going to want people no younger than mid-teens to... Watch this film, although there is a lot to be gleaned, Uh, and we'll get into that a little more. But first, Adam has a quote of the day, and that this is from the author of a book called *An Arrow Pointing to Heaven*, which is about Rich Mullins, and I believe is one of the main source materials for the film.
0: He says *Ragamuffin* is a beautiful and moving film that captures one man's struggle to overcome the trappings of success and to learn how to accept the unconditional love of God. Whether or not you are a fan of Rich Mullins, you will be touched by this movie. It is honest, accurate, and unafraid to show Rich's s- scars, yet pointing us all to the deeper truth. Even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. That's from author James Brian Smith.
1: All right, and we'll get into our discussion in just a moment. But first, let's roll the trailer for Ragamuffin. I hate being different. I don't belong
0: here. God's got big plans for you, I know it. You are gonna do great things one day.
1: He's our oldest boy, Neva. If he doesn't learn, how's he gonna take over the farm one day? Maybe he's not meant for the farm. What? He's incredible. He's pretty good. I love it.
0: He's definitely got it.
1: I want to do this one. Amy Grant heard your songs and praise to the Lord. She wants to use it on her next album.
0: This is a game changer. I'm not really sure I want my game to be changed. famous.
1: No, I'm not trying to be a Christian pop star, I'm just trying to say something true. I know that this will go against all the teachings of all the popular evangelical preachers. How disrespectful would it be to not be honest with the church? All this talking you've been doing at your concerts, that's gotta stop. You're there to make fans, not enemies. You sure don't like to play by the rules, do you? Amy, I don't even know what the rules are.
0: You don't belong
1: here. Yes, I do. If you're there, I do. He has more talent than anyone I've ever seen. What if he never gets off the ground? Christianity isn't about finding an absolutely secure niche in the world. Christianity is about learning how to love like Jesus. expected to be this voice of hope. People want me to be perfect, but I'm not. Oh, I know. Ragamuffin knows he's only a beggar at the door of God's mercy. I am now utterly convinced that on judgment day, the Lord Jesus will ask one question and only one question. Did you believe that I loved you? All right. So there you have a trailer for the film Ragamuffin, And this came out in 2014, I believe. Yep. And uh, I think it had a limited theatrical release. I don't think it was in theaters uh, locally here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Holland, Michigan. Um, and if it was, it was a very short time. But um, basically this uh, film uh, follows Rich Mullen's life from his boyhood all the way through his death at the age of 41. And I kind of, when I was watching it, I was sitting here and, Thinking about how usually when I do a movie review, I'm like extremely excited to share it with you. Say go out and watch it, share it with your family, and just talk about the lessons that it contains. And this movie was a lot different than I expected in a lot of ways. You know, because usually you see a movie, um, get this nice little wrap up after going through all the drama of the film, and just have a nice bow tied on it. And this one didn't I think uh part of that is good though, in the sense that it's more like real life, real life is messy, and uh Rich Mullin's life was definitely messy um I was telling Adam before we came on to record that I could probably do a whole series of podcasts just on the different issues that are raised yeah. by the life of Rich Mullins. Um, because he had a lot of struggles um, throughout the film, even after he becomes a successful uh, recording artist. He struggles with smoking and with alcohol. You know, those things, I think, pretty much uh, tormented him on and off until about a year before he passed away mm-hmm. when he finally experienced some freedom. Um, he was really, unfortunately, the victim of a dad who was. Very hard on him, um, and didn't really appreciate him for who he was. Matter of fact, at one point, after he started singing, his dad told Amy Grant. At least in the film, I don't know if I don't know if this was uh, re- replicated a real happening or not, but I wouldn't be surprised. But he says when Amy Grant is standing right there, he went to his son's concert and rather than being excited that his son has this ministry and that he's singing with Amy Grant. He says, I have five kids, two boys, two girls, and a piano player. And it was like that whole, you know, that whole attitude that his dad had about him when he was a kid. And, like, one of the things he does is he puts diesel, or he puts gasoline in a diesel engine and wrecks it. And does a couple other things around the farm that that uh, he he wrecks. And his mom says to his dad, well... What if he's not made for the farm, and he pretty much showed pretty early on that he wasn't made for the farm, but because of his his um issues with his father basically rejecting him, he had a lot of rejection issues with other people in his life uh you know his his girlfriend walks away from him um because their their lives were seemingly going in opposite directions, and he decides that um she was the only one he ever loved, and she broke his heart, so he's not going to marry. So he never does marry, never has a family. And he all throughout his life, he deals with these issues of rejection. And I have dealt with that um, on a small scale for periods of my life, but never like for a long period of time like he did. Like There were times when he would be, on the road with friends, and they would just go to get a cup of coffee or go uh, to leave for a few minutes to get food, and he would be so paranoid that they were leaving him that he would literally get upset with him. One of the scenes, he literally spills his friend's coffee because his friend went to the lobby to get coffee of the hotel and and didn't tell Rich, and Rich was like, where were you, how could you do that? And this is after he's been a singer for a while, after he's been encouraging other people and uh, one of the things i mentioned to adam before we came on the air too was how he was willing to supposedly help other people but he was so reluctant to accept help from others and i think it's so important that we realize that we need each other um i think that's one of the biggest lessons that i garnered from the film was just the fact that we need each other i need to continue to be honest with my family and friends about how i'm feeling because I could very easily get to a state of depression and anxiety, much like he experienced for a lot of the film, if I allow myself to think that I can't be honest with the people around me. And um, it's kind of interesting because he was able to be pretty candid at some of his concerts, but to the people that were closest to him, or that tried to get close to him, he had a hard time being candid. Yeah. Adam, what are your initial thoughts of this film?
0: Um. It was very surprising, actually. I, I thought it was going to be this documentary of how Rich Mullins, you know, climbed the ladder and how God opened doors for him to get into music and where he came from. And I know I'd heard he had some struggles here or there a little bit, but then once you watch this movie and you see the, the deep things he he was going through, I mean, there were times where not only you know was his dad even from a young age rejecting him and you know yelling at him, but then as he got older, he struggled with. Um, you know, and alcoholism, and all these things, other things you'll see if you watch the movie, that you're just like, whoa. So it's one of those movies where it's it's informational and it's it's an, it's intriguing, but it's it, it's heavy. It was a lot heavier than I thought it was gonna be. Um, so I thought it was all in all good, um, but boy, afterwards you you need to take a moment to just kind of soak it all in and process what you just watched because you realize, wow, this guy went through a lot.
1: Yeah. It's- it's not a not a fluff piece by any means. It's not something that you sit down for family movie night and and have a good feel good movie. Yeah, and your family gets up from it and says, "Oh, this was a good movie." But it is something that you need to share with others who may have some of the struggles that Rich has. You know, you know there there's there are certain points where one of the hardest contradictions or um, paradoxes, I would say about this film is there are a couple times where where he says, you know, this is God's will for me and I have to accept it because we don't even deserve anything that he gives us. So even if he doesn't give us what we want, we need to accept it. And yet the life that he lived out of that, after those things happened, basically showed that he wasn't really accepting of what God had him. Like I, you know, obviously I don't believe that marriage fixes all your problems and, and I'm going to be single until God decides that I'm you know, i not going to be single. Mm-hmm. And I need to arrive at a certain measure of contentment. Um, but I also believe that God calls the majority of us to be married. And I think that with some of the struggles that he had, he would have been better served to have someone to struggle alongside. And, you know, I'm not sure if every single character in the movie was replicated by an actual person in his life. But there were a couple girls that he, early in the movie that he's doing music with, with his first band, Zion, that he had as a college student who really cared about him. Mm -hmm. And when I first watched it, I didn't realize that he had been single for his whole life. And I thought, well, maybe one of these girls is going to end up being his wife, because they obviously care about him. And again, with the movie, I'm not sure all the things that are different from the actual film or the actual mo- actual story as opposed to the film. I'm hoping they didn't change very much because it's a very powerful biopic, but that um, is just um, something that I noticed. The The positive things were that even through all of his um all of his struggles, he still at the end of the day knew that God loved him. Mm -hmm. And I think that is important. Now I did struggle with this because I've always been taught and I believe the Bible teaches that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And so our sinful habits need to change. And I kind of felt we kept waiting for the time when his, when his habits were going to drastically change and and he was going to be totally different. And so part of me was like, well, why hasn't that happened yet? But on the other hand, I know that real life is a struggle. So I know that I can relate to that. Um, but I really appreciated his friend's influence in his life. But the negative, I I think, was I didn't feel like it gave a good sense or as good a sense as it could have about the victory that can be found in Jesus Christ. I kind of felt like he he struggled to find his footing. And that probably... Was a picture of his real life, but it didn't sound like until about a year um, before he passed away that he finally came to terms with what his dad had done to him through a retreat that he goes on with with his pastor friend, yeah. um, Brennan Manning, uh, who wrote the book The Ragamuffin Gospel. Um, and actually, Rich identified as a ragamuffin, which is why the the title is of the movie is called Ragamuffin. And I heard that the same directors are making a movie or the same producers are making a movie called Ragamuffin not called Ragamuffin but called uh, *called* just called Brennan Manning about this preacher that befriended Rich and really helped to mentor him so it will be exciting to see that project come together um, but I, I think like I said the na- the biggest negative thing is just there wasn't you know, you, you always hope when you watch movies like this that you're going to see this hopeful resolution, but you don't necessarily see that as much in this film as maybe you would have liked to. And again, I I don't want to spend this whole time criticizing Rich, but my main purpose in, in what I've said so far is just to tell people not to be afraid to reach out to people. And it's quite possible that he might have even benefited from some medical intervention as well. I'm not a big proponent of pills and drugs for the sake of it, but sometimes those things can help and they might have. Um, But if you are struggling, uh, make sure that you contact people that you know and let them know. Be honest with them. You know, I've I've had friends and relatives who have passed away from suicide. And whenever somebody that I know... Or hear about the ties that way, first thing that goes to your mind is, what could I have done more? Mm-hmm. And there may be some very real things where you say, Oh, I should have done this, I could have done this, but there's also the fact of if you don't call out for help, I don't know that you need it, and that's one thing most of my friends know that when I need help, I'm going to call out for it. I do not do good. I'm not a good liar, which is a good thing. <laughs> I wear my emotions on my sleeve. If I'm not having a good day, all you have to do is take one look at me, and you know that's the case. I can't hide things very well. and I'm I, Sometimes I feel like it's annoying, but overall I think it's a very good thing because if I could, I probably would have gotten myself in a lot of trouble in various ways. All right. Well, We've already talked about some heavy things, but let's get a little lighter. And Adam, why don't you tell us about your favorite character?
0: My favorite character would have to be um, Morris was his name. And uh, when Rich went into college, he met uh, what would pretty much be his best friend as he got older in college. They dormed together. And that first day he got to his dorm room, uh, Sam's oh, dad great, came in.
1: That, <laughs> that was a great scene, by the way. That was there, good. There was, there's not a lot of comic relief in this film, but that... The first scene when they're in the college dorm is a pretty funny scene. Yes. I think that you'll enjoy it, and you'll be glad that it's there when you get into the meat of the actual movie. Yeah, let <laughs> lets
0: your laugh box uh, breathe a little bit. Um, but Rich's best friend, Sam's dad, Morris, has got to be my favorite because um, even from day one – Morris kind of became kind of like a, a second dad for Rich, or really like his only dad figure, <laughs> and he was able to, you know, talk to him and even stayed at their house for a little bit. and And Morris was just this great Christian guy who you could tell cared about people cared about Rich, and uh, I just loved how he stepped up like that because really he he didn't have to, um, but he willingly did, and I thought that was so great on a reminder of you know how we can do that when we know somebody's hurting.
1: It was kind of neat in the scene where Morris is talking to rich about marriage. And he said, he said, I don't know much about women, but I've been married to one woman for almost 20 years. Yeah. And a good marriage means that when she says, go get milk, I go get milk. And then I bring ice cream.
0: (laughs) Rocky road.
1: So, so I thought that was another, one of those really, um, neat, uh, Uh, comic relief things but you know throughout the whole of Rich's life he's dealing with feelings of rejection Uh, first his dad overtly rejects him and then he starts to feel rejection from others like when his girlfriend walks away because she feels like they're going in different directions and then when his friends um, kind of do their own thing and Then this guy that becomes his father figure, Morris, he dies of a heart attack on actually right in front of Rich. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the devastation of that scene when he's losing him is very difficult to watch. And then it's just and then the funeral scene is heartbreaking because Rich actually comes to the funeral drunk and then. And then the son, who is his friend, which I, I'm sorry, but his name is escaping me right now. But uh, he comes out and he talks to Rich. And he and Rich is like, he's like a father to me. I don't know what to do. And he's like, but he was my father. So it was almost like Rich kind of at some points was forgetting that, that this man in some ways, not totally obviously, but in some ways gave up his dad for Rich and yeah. And yet there was a point at which Rich could not be vulnerable with his friend. For some reason, he could connect to Morris, but not with his college friends as much as he probably should have. And um, so my favorite character, um, I really liked Morris, but I also really liked Rich's mom. Mm -hmm. She was always in his corner. She always believed in him. She said you're going to do big things, and he did. And then Rich's friends in his band were just so good. And I'm not sure how accurate this is, but according to the movie, um, he never would have sent in his first hit, which was Sing Your Praise to the Lord, which Amy Grant wanted to do on her album. And uh, But his friend, Beth, sent it in mm-hmm. to the studio, and they picked it up and wanted to do it. And I, I kind of lo- I liked kind of the humility of Rich in the sense that he didn't really want to be rich and famous. He, you know, they said that having Amy, giving Amy the rights to a song and letting her do it and coming to Nashville to be a writer would be a game changer. And he said, I'm not sure I really want my game to be changed. You know, because I'm I'm doing my songs for the Lord. I'm not doing them for accolades. I don't necessarily want to be famous. You know, his most comfortable... Position was in in holy jeans and barefoot. Yeah, <laughs> which my sister Charity kind of related to because she will go barefoot whenever she possibly can. She doesn't like shoes, and it was interesting when he went to Cincinnati Bible College. It showed him arriving on campus barefoot. <laughs> I'm not sure how many buildings he went into barefoot, but that was kind of interesting. And um, I didn't realize how controversial he actually was for that day. Yeah, because he would get into his concerts and he would kind of preach these mini-sermons, which were usually, at least according to the ones that he did in the film, usually spot-on. And then it was hard for me, I guess that was one of the hardest things about the movie, was to grasp how he could get so much of that right, but then had, had had a hard time applying it to his own life.
0: Yeah, personally.
1: And so that was kind of one of these interesting things. And then... Um, For least favorite character, it would have to be the dad. Yeah, same. I mean, the dad was, was really rough on him. Um, I've had a little bit of experience with my dad and I butting heads, but he never uh made me feel worse. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine, you know, basically having your father overlook you and talk about only having four kids and a piano player. Yeah. I mean, that that was hugely... Devastating just to hear on a movie, let alone to actually have heard that in real life and just have that mentality. And then just to watch these people one by one um reject him, so to speak. Not necessarily outrightly reject him, but kind of appear to reject him. And then he has this friend named Justin who he tours with for a while. And then Justin's like, I'm getting married and he's like, Oh, that's great, we'll have another girl on the tour, and he's like, I'm leaving the tour. And he's like, of course you are. And he's like, there was one really moving scene where he said something about, I don't know why everybody leaves me. And, And his friend Justin's like, they're moving on. People do that. And he's like, I know that. And he's like, do you? And I think that was one of the big conflicts of the whole movie was, can... Could Rich put things behind him? Because he seemed to internalize every conflict that he had, whether it was with the recording studio, whether it was with his dad, whether it was with his girlfriend, you know, and the devastation when he found out she was engaged with somebody else, like when he broke the phone booth. Yeah. After finding out she was engaged. I was like that was another one of those scenes that you just do not expect in this in this Christian biopic. But I like the fact that it didn't shy away from hard stuff, you know, and that's one of the things that you can tell about the authenticity of the Bible about is that it doesn't shy away from the hard stuff. You know, it shows that Noah was a drunk and David was an adulterer and, you know, all these things. But these men, despite their flaws, were used by God. And surely Rich Mullins uh, is no exception to that. Um so Adam, thinking about this film, and again I know it it's been a little bit different as we've delved into these issues yeah. as opposed to mainly the story, but um I've talked a little bit about this question, but for you, what do you think was one of the biggest lessons that you took away?
0: Um boy. It's kind of a two parter. Um one a big lesson that was taught was you don't have to be picture perfect to serve God. Um, not everything has to be together or everything has to be figured out. It's just as long as you're willing to serve Him and say, "God, I love You and trust You," that He can use you. Uh, and secondly, it, it got me thinking about people who, you know, hold hold on to this baggage for their whole life. You think about Rich Mullins; he lived to be forty-one, and it wasn't until his mid late thirties where he really got healing. So for thirty years. He held on to this fear of rejection and anger of his dad, and, and feeling worthless. So, part two is uh, to, to reach out to get help. Don't let, don't let your whole life go by struggling with this pain that you may be going by. A, you know, Jesus is right there to take it, waiting at the door. Just got to open it. But that's just the thing; you have to open the door to take that first step, and that can be a hard thing to learn.
1: Well, it, it can be, and because the last thing we want to be you know, not only with God, but with other people is to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I, I need you. I need help because I can't do this on my own. You know, we were conditioned, you know, and I, I, I don't want to get too off track, but one thing that has bothered me through my life is particularly when I'm dealing with loneliness and dealing with the idea that my pursuit of marriage and of a wife has not come as easily as I thought it would. A lot of times people will give the pat answer. Well, when it's in God's will, it will happen. Yeah. Which I totally agree with and believe. Mm -hmm. However, that can also be the easiest cop out answer. There is. Because once somebody plays the quote unquote God card, there's nothing you can do because you can't argue with that. And fundamentally I wouldn't, but In some ways, there's more at play than just, oh, when God wants it to happen, it will happen. Because I kind of feel like Rich Mullins kind of went down this road um, where he's like, oh, it didn't work out once. So that means it's never going to work out. And I'm not saying God can't use you as single, and he might even call you to be single, but he's not going to call you to be miserable and single. Yeah. Yeah. If he calls you to be single, he's going to give you a joy and a peace that, that people that aren't called to be single will never have as a single. That's why Jesus said singleness was a gift, that if you can accept it, accept it. If you can't, there's no shame in realizing that you're not called to be single. And I think we do a disservice when we elevate singleness over marriage, especially in this culture. You know, because people say, well, we can elevate marriage over singleness in a, in an unhealthy way. And I get that to an extent. But do you realize that in the last 30 years, the marriage age, average age, has gone from about 22 to about 28, 29 years old? Mm-hmm. Just in the last decade or 15 years. And, you know, that's not all good. You know, some people need the support of someone else in their life. And I'm not saying everybody should rush out and get married. But for the most part, we were not called to live our lives alone. And there are people who I know that they may say that they're called to be single, but the way they act is I've just been rejected so many times that I'm just going to be single. But you know what? To put it bluntly, living in a cave and never wanting to go out and do things socially is not living a healthy, happy, single life. Mm-hmm. It's just not. So if you are single, seek God for contentment in your singleness, but seek to be used as a single. Don't just sit in your man cave and you know be alone because, oh, I'm single and I'm hurt. So ask God for healing to heal your hurt, and he may call you to be single. He may call you to serve as a single, but he may very well have someone for you. When the time is right. And also be careful when you're helping people. Most of the people that you're going to talk to, especially if they're fellow believers, they're going to know that God's going to work out as well. So they're going to want to hear something more specific from you than, hey, if it's God's will, it will work out. You know? Maybe they'll want to know, what are some areas that you think I can work on if I really want to pursue marriage? You know, those are the type of details that people like me want to hear. We don't just want to hear, well, God will work out as well, because ultimately we know that. Yeah. We don't need to hear that for the thousand and first time. (laughs) We just need support where we're at. And I know there are other people like me in that place. And um, just like when we get rejected by people in our life, it's going to happen, especially as we espouse biblical views that are not popular, you know, Rich's label didn't like him speaking out at his concerts. They're like, you're there to sing. You're not there to preach. But Rich spoke about the things that he felt called to speak on, even though it cost him. And I think that was a good example. So I want to encourage you to continue to work on the things that God has called you to. If you're not clear where God has called you, ask Him for clarity. And get into a body of believers. If you're not in a local church, get into a local church. Be plugged in there. That's another thing that we didn't really see in the story of Rich Mullins. Him being plugged into a local church who was praying for him and partnering with him. And that very well may have been present. But we don't see it as part of the film. And that was one thing that stuck out to me, mm-hmm. too. Because there was a, I don't know if you watched the credits roll, Adam. But there was a part at the end where they actually showed couple clips from a rich mullins concert and he's like i'm glad you come here for entertainment but if you want spiritual nourishment you should go to church Mm. and i thought that was really good um and but uh i would encourage the same thing for you we go through dark times you know i went through really dark time when my brother passed away talked about it numerous times on this podcast because it was a turning point of my testimony. But if I had just turned into myself and stayed in there and not allowed other people in, I would have probably my life probably would have ended. But because God wasn't done with me and he held on to me and because he kept other people in my life, um, he allowed me to reach out and to overcome a lot of that. And then when I was in my late twenties, I went through another period where it was like, okay, you, you've said all these years for 14 years that you believe this stuff. Now I want you to live it. I want you to to prove it in your life. You know, I know what I know about you. That's what he was saying to me, but you need to know it in your heart. And so it was like a starting over point where he's like, do you really believe it? Do you really trust me? And there's a certain point at which that's a daily grind, but especially in the lat in that first couple years of my thirties, it was a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just asking and being honest with you, asking you to pray for me in my life as I continue to put, pour myself in to speaking for him that when the time is right, he will send the right life partner to to help with uh, this ministry and continue to send people like Adam to continue to help move things forward for uh, speaking for him. We've done some exciting things this year. We had our 150th podcast, which was super exciting. We I got a chance to interview Wally from the Wally show, which again was super exciting, very exciting. I, you know, and I'm pressing towards some more hopefully national interviews, trying to get things more known so that I can broaden the ministry, hopefully get more churches to speak in and hopefully raise my income level at least up to a to a livable wage so that I can not only continue to serve God in ministry but also to be a provider For a future family someday. I'm still motivated by these things. But I'm just saying. This story of Rich Mullins. Was rich. Because it showed us. How even in the struggles of life. God works through that. To do great things. There were 4,000 people. At his memorial service. I was on YouTube. And I looked up a video. And I found some news stories about it. And it was pretty exciting. And then my final thoughts about this movie before I tell you to grab a tissue box and go with your, your young adult children and your and your older teens and watch this film, is, Adam, did you notice that the the best, the, one of the close friends of Rich's who was in the Jeep when he had the accident, he survived the crash. Yeah. And yep. he was actually in the movie as himself.
0: Oh, that was really now, him. I didn't know that.
1: I noticed when I looked through the credits... And then I looked um, up the story. I was like, that's him. Wow. He played himself. And in the credits it says Mitch, McGee- Mitch McGeever as himself. And I would think that would be a very eerie, very hard thing to do to play yourself in in the film when you were there when he died. Mm-hmm. But what a, what a powerful thing to be able to to reenact that and to be okay with that because you know that it's going to hopefully help a lot of people. And and, I, and I, I also read an essay that Relevant Magazine put out about Rich Mullins like a year ago or a couple years ago. And the last line was, Rich, we love you, but you suck for not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> because if he had worn a seatbelt, he probably would have survived. Yeah. Because he was thrown from his Jeep and he survived that but he was too injured to move out of the way of an oncoming semi, and that ended his life. Mm -hmm. So, not to get too off track, but please wear your seatbelts, because it can be a matter of life and death. All right, well, we've talked about a lot of things here in this episode, and uh, when you watch the film, you'll probably have even more to talk about, probably a lot that I even totally missed, but um, I hope that you... I've enjoyed this podcast. Hope it gives you a lot to think about, talk about, discuss with your children. And I hope that, like I said, with the proper audiences, that you will see this film um, and have discussions out of it. Because there's a lot of important issues that are addressed. And most importantly, we need each other and we need the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, that's all I have for this week. And I hope that you have a great weekend. And keep serving the best of